0: Two guys, one mic. It's too early in the morning for me to entertain (laughs) you. I'm just putting that out there. I've been
1: awake for less than
0: half an hour. You came stumbling into the doorway today looking like you had just been on a bender. This is an alcohol-free stupor that you're in right no, now. No, it
1: was funny. I, I left the basketball game last night a little late, and then I ran into a couple people in the parking lot and got to chat with them and ended up talking for probably an hour or so. So I'm driving home. My wife calls me. She's like, did you get a nightcap? I'm like, no. I was talking to people in the parking lot. Sorry.
0: <laughs> now so, if she had called me and asked.
1: Yeah. Funny thing is I left the parking lot joking that my wife probably thought I was getting a nightcap, <laughs> and then I get a phone call. So, yeah, I guess I guess the book's out on there,
0: me. There, there's a history. So that's the the voice of a tired Chris Knee that you're hearing. This is Brendan Sinone. This is On the Bench. We're with Knowles 24-7. And, uh, and we are doing this episode. I don't want to say it's a manufactured one, but we wanted something for you guys to be able to uh, to listen to as you're traveling for Thanksgiving or if you want to hide from the in-laws for a little bit, put on your earphones. Here we are. We do have a little bit of news, though. So first, though, before we get anything, Chris, I need to put this out there your dad threw some major shade at me the other day. <laughs> did you
1: really? Did I miss it? <laughs>
0: you did miss it. So I went over to help Chris move. Uh, out of the goodness of my heart. And made moving big, moving big furniture upstairs, downstairs, whatnot. And Chris's dad, who uh who who is like Chris but he has the Massachusetts accent and, and the rigid Massachusetts like rough nature too to the extent. Yeah, so it's that's
1: also skinny and in eight inches taller. <laughs> it's a godlike. Tumor. But
0: but but personality wise, <laughs> it's like you would just like yeah. pardon by the northeast. That's fair. Um, uh, and so he has that, that sarcastic Northeast sense of humor too. And, the and we'd met before, but Chris's dad, this is the second time we met. He goes, uh, he goes, oh yeah, you're the one from the podcast who tries to be funny, but is not <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see what i saying. <laughs> and your mom, God bless her, stepped in. She's like, oh, don't ignore him. That's, that's Chris's dad. He just acts like Chris. So anyways, I'm going to not be funny today. I'm going to be very serious look and somber. New at, man. Look, yep. And uh, oh, and just to explain the, no, no one cares about the audio. It's just Chris and I with the microphone in a very uh, close proximity. It's old school podcast styling recording here. So, news we do have news on the coaching search. I wouldn't categorize it, categorize it as major news, but it is a update worth uh, noting. And uh, you can check out a more uh, fleshed out version of it on uh, on Knowles Twenty Four uh, Seven. We reported today, Chris, that, that James Franklin of Penn State is a legitimate candidate, not just in Florida State's eyes, which we reported last week, but that, that there is mutual interest. There is indeed mutual interest from both parties. They've had conversations. I want to stop short of saying there's been an interview. We've heard that, but I, I don't know if we're enough to report it as you know a second source, but uh, both sides are talking, and they're talking quite a bit, and that's something that seems to be progressing to some extent.
1: Yeah, this is a courtship that we saw to a lesser degree in 2017 when FSU hired Taggart, that the two parties had some mutual interest in one another. The thing with Franklin, we've spoke about this on previous podcasts, is that USC is part of this dynamic if it does come open, which who knows at this point if it definitely will or it won't, and also the fact that we believe PSU is working on extending him. So they're they're ahead of this. And I don't think they're extending him because FSU or USC might happen. I think they're simply extending him because they think he's due an extension, that they're prepared for what happens most off-seasons with James Franklin. He's a name that's come up before in other coaching searches. It's kind of a commonplace thing. But he makes sense for FSU in the sense that he's went to a major program, one at a pretty high level there, shown the ability to recruit at a very high level, constructed a very competitive roster, even in a loss to Ohio State who's arguably – Best or second best team in college football landscape is here. Penn State looked very capable. They competed. They got down a lot early and came back. I think those are things that went over people when they're making these decisions and looking at candidates.
0: And and over at Penn Live, I think it was uh, oh god, what? they jo- not Ben Jones. That's that's my buddy Ben Jones. Uh, ba, 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 ba. David Jones uh, basically said that that with that win or with that win, it was like a moral win almost. With the loss against Ohio State, uh, it almost came off as a win because. James Franklin earned himself a ton of money essentially by being competitive with a team that's been historically dominant. This is almost. Almost Florida State 2013 levels of dominant that Ohio State has been. But pro- probably even more if we look at the numbers by the end of the year. This nah, was you're all right, all right. Right. 2013 really... FSU was
1: pretty special.
0: Uh, I'd have some metrics that would show otherwise. Not the FSU I wasn't special. I would throw special... you through that window uh, like I'm Charles I, Barkley. You know and you're what? A you know what? I remember my audience. That was the best damn team ever. There, <laughs> there was, you go.
1: We're <laughs> getting better at this. <laughs> But I'm
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> choking on the coffee I'm drinking out of my UCF mug.
1: <laughs> Penn State has their final game this week. They are not in it for the Big Ten championship. Correct? Which is
0: significant. Yes, Ohio yeah. State seals that. That is a significant development because I think it expedites the negotiation process for Franklin. Uh, if it's with FSU, if it's with USC, if it's a contract extension with Penn State. And that was something else that was laid out in that column on Penn Live by David Jones. Davy Jones locker is that <laughs> your dad hates me again? Uh, is that the negotiation process like it doesn't get put off for another week now right. with it with the implication of a you know, Rose Bowl appearance or whatnot? I think that's a significant development that, that maybe expedites things from FSU's perspective or Penn State's, however you look at it.
1: Yeah, I think it's clear and it's simply common sense, but also we know FSU wants to move fast once Saturday concludes. I think the goal there is a 72-hour window of Sunday to Tuesday where you hope you can wrap this up. That's going to get
0: crazy, right? Right. That's what we're we're mentally, Chris, Josh, myself, are mentally preparing as soon as that game ends on Saturday. uh, You'll be in Destin for covering hoops. Uh, Josh, I think, will be back home and in in St. Pete at that point. Uh, He's traveling for Thanksgiving and I'll be meeting the in-laws. Future in-laws. Well, we don't know that for a fact. I think there's some safe assumptions that we can yeah, make. I hope yeah. they're not listening to this. I wonder if he's going to ask a question. He's place. a changed man. He's he moved. is. I was thinking about that today as he was, as he said he was going uh, going up there to see them. I'm like, he's done a lot of changing as a person, and now he's going to Thanksgiving? I know I know. Ashley came to my house for Thanksgiving. This is like a Hallmark year did. movie. This is, this is a big big moment for our, our boys growing up here. Uh, so <laughs> anyways, regardless, we're all preparing, I think, for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to be pretty hectic. Yeah. Uh, whether that means actual like, ink is dry type of deal. Some people said ink was dry weeks ago. or uh, It's or taking should, forever uh, to dry, geez. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: but regardless, it's going to be a lot of rumors flying, I'm imagining. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fireworks, or it may end up being boring, but I think we're bracing for it to be chaotic. Do you yeah. still think that timeline of uh, the 30th, is the last day, is that Sunday? or is the, No, December 1st is Sunday. Yeah. So we're okay. saying now... That-
1: 30th is when FSU plays Florida. Obviously, a late game. Doesn't mean that I can't have people trying to accomplish things just because there's a football game on the field. But obviously, other teams are in action, too. But you would think that evening, FSU has older Ducks in order as they've been working to get them in line here in recent weeks. Uh, this is candidate one, two, three, so on and so forth. And that you, you know... Your plan of attack, you know, this guy, it's basically a yes or no question at this point. Mm -hmm. We've done everything we needed to, to get to this point. Are you interested in taking this job? If we make you a formal offer, yes or no. And then there's other guys that maybe there needs to be a little bit more courtship, but it's going to be done in a very tight, quick window instead of this long vetting process we've kind of seen since, you know, post, post BS Bob Stoops to where we are now, um, but they have to get it done. The, the goal is to have it done, be able to hire a new head coach, let him be assembling a staff that week. You're going to have the old and the new staff dynamic going on to get into recruiting. You've got two weekends really there. When's the first you, recruiting weekend? December 6th. Okay.
0: So so in December 5th, for a reminder of our listeners, I'm pointing at you like people can see it right now. Sorry. Uh, Those with two fingers. It wasn't rude. December fifth is the cutoff of freakout period. For yeah, it's two. the that's, official that's, red button day. That's when where, Noel has a countdown. We're gonna
1: dig the bunker, jump in the ground, and not come out until it's safe outside. Newton, can
0: you do a, just a running thread of the actual clock? Uh, so when it gets close to that, we can start upvoting it and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I mean it's basically the doomsday clock, like you know one or two ticks from hitting twelve.
0: <laughs> but but we're of the belief to to use a uh, to use a cliche. I know I'm speaking your language here. Is that uh, ducks are in a row. Yeah. Correct. We believe that FSU is positioning itself to make a move here probably after, probably, not 100%, but probably the day after uh, the, the Florida game to start making moves. Uh, not saying that someone's going to be hired that Sunday, but I think we start hearing chatter of, yeah, and of it, offers and whatnot.
1: I think leading up to that point, if they can clear a name from the queue, they do. Yeah, It's, it's one of these where they don't want to waste time. I think, I think it's fair. I don't want to speak for both of us straight out, but obviously Franklin's a guy we believe is in it. Brian Kelly's a guy we've reported is in extensively. It
0: is what, what you said, not isn't it? Is in, is it. in yes. it? Yes, thank
1: you. Brian Kelly falls in that same category. Matt Campbell is certainly someone we believe is in that category. There's a few others that we talked Higgins about. Odell, the, obviously, but Odell, I I would still refer to Odell, and this is not disrespectful for me, as a fallback plan. Yeah,
0: that's he's, fine.
1: He's the safety net. If you can't get there, you're running against the clock. You, you kind of have a idea in your head of we can go with Odell Higgins with this certain dynamic of the assistant coaching staff with an investment on that side, paying the head coach less. We've seen this executing college football with different levels of success. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's where FSU wants to go. That's not the renaissance they're looking for. Oh,
0: let's get into the renaissance real quick, and then we're going to wrap it back up with Franklin, get into a few other topics, and then we'll uh, take a break and go into uh, reader questions or listener questions, I should say, because we had a lot renaissance uh, josh and i talked about this but you're the guy i view on the podcast as the one who knows about booster dynamics and, and you're a lot more involved just because you've been covering this team and around it for so very long what did you think? I laughed at it, but... This, I, I thought it was funny that people try to make it out to be like, it could mean so many things. No, it means they, so they need money. money. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's really simple. FSU is at a position where they're having to pay $18 million to get rid of a guy, presuming it plays out as a contract statement. We should talk
0: about that, too, probably.
1: Yeah, who knows who actually signed it. Only the people that are supposed to sign it can believe it. But sometimes state it, laws say that FSU probably should have signed it.
0: And if not, they're violating the sunshine laws. And and, and, Real quick. Real quick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. If Darren (laughs) Ravel Matt Baker yesterday reported, uh, and it was a well-researched story. I know people like to take shots at Matt here from past reporting, but Matt does a very thorough job in his reporting in this story. And essentially, uh, it shows that FSU never, and Willie Taggart never signed a formal contract. Uh, there was a memoratorium of agreement or a letter of understanding. Or yeah, they're
1: MOU different or LOA. Essentially,
0: it's a placeholder for a contract. There's that, an acronym out there for it. Uh, L-O-
1: or MOU. A- Memorandum of Understanding or L-O-A, Letter of
0: Agreement. But they signed that, but they never signed a contract, and that creates some very vague terms with... Uh, Willie Taggart's buyout possibly? Now we've put this on the website. I don't know how many times we've alluded to it or mentioned it. That there was not a contract we didn't allude we, to. It. We've we said would it flat out. Say we've written. requested
1: the contract and it's not been made available yeah. because we told we've been it's told there is not a finalized contract to be made available. And there was
0: a similar instance with Greg Fry, right? Uh, as well, uh, who knows? That man something like that forces you to kind of go to litigation because the terms are so unclear. Uh, so uh, with that in mind, Matt reported that. In detail what that means, although it is worth your time to go and look at for a school that is uh in the midst of a renaissance and needing money for said renaissance. Money matters. Darren Rovell of ESPN came out and said a source told him that Willie Taggart signed an actual contract, FSU did not, and it's a done deal. I would say this, uh not I'm trying to think of the right way to, to explain it. Having a source and you're an ESPN reporter, like, I feel like it gives you credibility. I know we report with but unnamed sources. is Darren sources. even still under the ESPN umbrella? I feel like he is. I probably should have looked that up before saying that. I'm not it. sure
1: he definitely still is. Obviously, that's where he cut R- his teeth and became known.
0: Regardless, though, if you have a source telling you that it's signed, then it's really easy to also get a printout or a copy or a screenshot of that contract in full and sign what the terms are. I would like to see that before before we say, oh, that FSU's violating yeah. Sunshine Laws. That, that's all I'm saying for that.
1: All I know is if my contract's worth more than, you know, a few dollars, i am got to make sure both parties have signed here. So, that's a weird deal. And when it's worth like $30 million? million, yeah, yeah. We're not going into hand handshake. <laughs> I shake mean, cut anything. the guy's hand off and make him sign. <laughs> I mean,
0: Jesus, it's a lot of money. <laughs> all right, so back to money, the <laughs> renaissance thing. Yeah, we talked about that briefly on Thursday uh, when, when you and I were hanging out, and there was a... Yeah, I... So I thought, Chris, like, not that I I understand completely where they're coming from. I just know how that's going to be viewed from the outside world. It's a weird term. It
1: feels old, antiquated, but it's all in empty. It's the same idea that Clemson's going with. It's just FSU trying to generate it as a one-time gift. Mm -hmm. But FSU, we've spoken about this many times. FSU needs to be be a better university at fundraising for athletics. Right. They need to tap that well better and be more effective at spending that money. And they're currently in a position where they need money. They need to be able to go into negotiations saying, we are confident we have this kind of money set aside for this, for that, you know, for support staff, for facilities, you know, kind of dealing with some of the slander that they dealt with from Jimbo Fisher, kind of putting that to bed by saying, here's the money, here's what Boosters has done. Here's what the FSUAA is now doing from a financial standpoint to make sure this program has everything it needs to, to be successful at the highest level. Because any coach getting hired always wants more and more and more. Right. It's an arms race. It never ends. You have to be ahead. The letter to me, it was, you know, I, I get people poking fun at it. I think it was a necessary thing, and it was going to leak. I think the one thing I would have done if I was managing that from a PR standpoint is I think it would have been beneficial for the president or DAD or somebody directly associated with that letter being created to come out and explain why we are putting this letter out. You put the letter up on the internet, you put a little 30 second video of Hi, I'm David Coburn, FSU Athletics Director of Athletics. (laughs) Uh, You know, Florida State's in an important crossroads here with a coaching hire. And, you know, we would appreciate anything you can do financially to help the university. We appreciate all our fans. And you just get ahead of the message and set the tone. And they didn't do that. And that's why people tried to create a tone and message to it. I think the message was simple. We
0: need money. It just happens so often. It's like I feel like the message gets away from them, unfortunately. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's a whole other podcast. Let's not not get into it now. Um,
0: It is what it is. I don't think it's a huge deal regardless. It just... You see TMZ picks it up. You see people from like national radio, people from national radio shows are laughing at it, like so. You know, but whatever. It's not a huge deal. Like you said, Florida State needs money. I think we just. I want to explain it that that, that's why I got a kick out of it because I just knew how people were going to respond to it or knew how it was going to be perceived by some. But yeah, you need money. You need to ask for money. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right, Florida State Florida do play this week. It's a rivalry game. Uh Florida State has not lost at the Swamp in I think a decade.
1: It's been four straight trips that they've won there. Yeah, so that would it's be four. it's
0: been almost a decade uh, at this point. Um we don't have a whole lot on our website about the game because <laughs> I just I'm struggling to to get motivated to write about it. FSU opened up uh, according to SportsLine, let me see.
1: 18 I believe.
0: Is a sports line was 18 and a half. And a half. Uh, but yes, I think others had 18, 18 and a half. It's down to 17, but you know, we're still looking at a, you know, two to three score, right. uh, actually three score. Uh safely a three score underdog for Florida State. I I don't know what the the blueprint is for an upset for Florida State. I don't think most Florida State fans are super optimistic about this. I think it would require a super healthy Cam Akers, a lot of wild Cam, a lot of Jordan Travis. Uh, as a as a running quarterback and James Blackman hitting his deep shots.
1: Yeah, Kendall Braz is going to have to try to win this game with yeah. some creativity. I think there's a, if I'm preparing for it, there's major concern about FSC's ability to protect the edge offensively mm-hmm. against that defensive line that Florida yeah, has. We know
0: Darius Washington and, is going to be out. Right. Uh, so Abdul-Bella will get another start.
1: Oh yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and we know Love loves bringing heat. He's blitzing, not a guy anger. that is scared of, you know, Double shotgun and coming after your ass.
0: So, so yeah, there's not a – not to say it's impossible, but uh, I think it's going to have to be really reliant on the run game being not only efficient but diverse, too.
1: I think the most important thing from a defensive standpoint is just make Florida earn it. Their offense has some big bang capability, but it can also stall out at times. We've seen it this year not look particularly sharp at times. I think you just try to stay in front of them, make them sustain drives, Field position is obviously important. What a good punny game. Don't turn it over and give them short fields. I, I think all those things are important. I think FSU can hang with them. I definitely wouldn't pick FSU. I won't be picking FSU. From the betting line standpoint, I think I think it could get away from FSU, truthfully. Like, I think it's the kind of game where if FSU's O-line struggles and FSU gets behind early, Florida can kind of get downhill on them and it can get real ugly real fast.
0: This team has not shown an ability in recent years uh, to be competitive with good football teams. I
1: do think Odell's passion is going to be at Ooh, the forefront yeah, on Saturday, and I think that that rally cry might be something that helps FSU a lot in a game, especially if things don't go well early. I don't think quit's not going to be an option. I think Odell personally... You know, escort you off the field if you want to quit on Saturday in the swamp. I just don't think he's going to have it.
0: I just had the image. Remember, up at Louisville in 2016, the Lamar Jackson game, which turns out he's...
1: 62-20 game. Yes,
0: I, I remember. I remember much I remember. of that. Yes, I don't remember much of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but because uh, I was throwing up from being hungover the day before, or no, the day of, I was drinking a lot the day before. It's all Corey Clark's fault. Corey Clark with that nasty ass pizza he made me eat, <laughs> and it was my fault with the mint juleps all day too probably. Uh, regardless, uh, remember the uh the Louisville uh was it the offensive linemen were jump doing jumping jacks and like pouting or not pouting but like shouting and jumping around and and screaming at Florida State and all the players just stood there except for Odell came out and yelled at them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, this is a big game for Odell. We'll talk about that. We have some questions for it about Odell, Florida. I think this is going to be an interesting uh, dynamic for him this week coming up too. So, uh, enough Florida State, Florida talk for now. If if Florida State goes ahead and pulls off the upset, we will do an hour long episode recapping that. Oh, I, I will be
1: uncontrollable. I I grew up in Jacksonville, so like yeah, there's people a always league. ask me like, do you do you dislike Florida or Miami more? And doing this job for a long time, you kind of park that at the door. But man, I hate Florida. <laughs> I mean, like, like, if we're being perfectly honest, I just don't care for Florida. The
0: Marcus Walker, Jacksonville native, once said they they paint the bridges blue over there. Yeah. So yeah, I hate them. Um, all right, real quick, Chris, I will give you thirty seconds. FSU hoops just earned its well, it, it beat it beat Chicago State one hundred thirteen to fifty six last night.
1: Yeah, fifty seven point margin is the sixth biggest in school history, the biggest ever in the Tucker Center. FSU's 5-1. and one. They're finally kind of getting healthy, getting together. Their next game against Tennessee, number 17 in the country and undefeated. They'll play in Niceville, Florida in the Emerald Coast Classic. That's going to be a nice, like, pH test for them of where they stand right now. It will probably also be the first time all year that FSU will have all of their scholarship players available and healthy. So they're kind of rounding in the form. You know how Ham is early in the season. He's going to run a lot of guys, a lot of rotations out there, kind of let it figure itself out. I'm sticking with my belief with this team. They're gonna be real good come February, March. They're gonna take some lumps in November, December, January. I think this weekend could be lumps. It could also be, you know, ahead of the schedule that I expect, you know, Tennessee and then either Purdue or VCU will be what they play this weekend. Then they roll to Indiana for the Big Ten Challenge come home and face Clemson for an ACC game second of the season so we're going to have a pretty good measuring stick of where FSU stands after those four Clemson's not in the right home about but it's a conference game nonetheless then it gets a little soft until they go play in the Orange Bowl Classic later in December and then January rolls around and it's all ACC
0: uh, FSU hoops is five and one that's five in a row since they dropped the weird cap pit
1: it's insane that I don't know if it's shooting lines or just the way Pitt plays and especially when a game's officiated as it was with Pit Pitts a very physical team and FSU couldn't get whistles and Pit could but they just don't play pit well especially at the Peterson events.
0: Pitts football teams the same way like you go up there and they just drain you and uh, yeah, yeah uh, whatever all right we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna answer a bunch of questions on the other side of this. All right, so it's everyone's favorite segment of the podcast, me reading poorly into a microphone and uh, and someone smarter than me answering the questions. Ready? Yep. All right. Uh, Carrie D. Null, and this is going to be extra awkward because I'm bending like in a weird way with my neck to You're in a rolling t- chair. You couldn't roll. I don't know this gonna look at that. I, don't, I really don't want to mess Radio up. Radio magic. <laughs> All right, Carrie D. Null asks, what recruits would you like to see the new staff go after once a head coach is named? Uh, I know it's a short time before early signing day, but do you think they will spend – that valuable time trying to rekindle old flames with Jalen Knighton, Jalen Harrell, and Derek Bermudez? Or do you think he out go after a few guys he already had on board from whatever school uh, he's coming in from?
1: You know, truthfully, I've kind of departed from recruiting during the coaching surge outside of the immediate FSU target. So I can't think of a guy outside the FSU target list that I would throw out there. But there are certainly some, especially anybody with two legs that can block and play offensive line. Um from a FSU target standpoint, yes, wholeheartedly, Jalen Knighton. But I don't know if that one's going to be available at that point. I wouldn't be shocked if that comes off the board in the next week or so. Miami, despite the fact they lost FIU, <laughs> which was beautiful to watch, by the way. Um, you were in your FIU shirt. I was. I got rid of like 14 of the 15, but I still had one. <laughs> um, Knight would definitely be one. I don't know about a guy like Bermudez. There's Kendall Dennis. There's other options at that position. DB's not a position FSU needs to be worried about. But offensive line, you know, maybe uh, Patrick uh, Barnett Bennett. I'm um, early in the morning down in Key West is a guy that I know Randy's kicked the tires on. I I think it would be good for FSU. Maybe go a little more aggressively after him. He's a UCF commitment. Oh, some away, of those ta- of some of those types. I I think truthfully for FSU. The bigger the body, the more important it is right now. And quarterback, they need to be on Jeff Sims only. They need to make sure that quarterback room is up to stuff next year. I
0: think this really depends, though, on who the coach is, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like if someone doesn't have a relationship with Jalen Knighton and they don't retain anyone on the staff who does have one, like is that really a viable option? Yeah, Knighton's pretty Probably good football not.
1: player, though, that can fit pretty much any kind of system uh, run. He may not be an every-down down guy. For I'm some more saying from a relationship play. standpoint.
0: Like if someone yeah. comes in, they've never recruited him before, you don't have anyone but who can.
1: the lovely new world of the early period kind of puts your feet to the fire because you basically as we stand today you have less than four weeks to recruit guys that are going to sign in december
0: there is certainly a sense of urgency coming on here which brings us to the next question from tampa null seven seven six uh, do you think we will know who the coach is by next Wednesday? Who is your crystal ball picks for who the new co- coach will be? Someone asked us this on the message board I'm yesterday. Not, I'm I not, not doing a crystal with a crystal ball.
1: ball. Yeah. If I had to put odds on it, I would put the best odds on Matt Campbell.
0: Which is, I think, the actual odds are the best yeah. on him. If I had a theoretical bottle of bourbon on who the coach was going to be, I would have Matt Campbell yeah. on it, too, potentially.
1: But I, by no stretch of the imagination, think that's a slam dunk on the verge of being done any of that. I don't want to get you know too far ahead of ourselves with that. I just think he's the guy that makes the most logical sense and he would be a good hire. And
0: the most attainable.
1: Um, what was the first half of the question? Uh, do we... By next Wednesday? Next Wednesday. I think it would be pretty damn important for them to have it done by then. I'm not convinced it will be done by then.
0: Okay. Well, then the next day turns into uh, December 5th, right? Get that red
1: button ready.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rebel 0-1, as Josh mentioned, that he knows of more candidates that have been uh, interviewed, but... Uh, that's question? Uh, cannot say who yeah, who they are. Uh, is the school telling media to keep quiet, not leak information, or is there just not a lot of information out there? Uh, Josh addresses with a different type of question on the last podcast. We're not playing with FSU on this. Like this, That's not what we're doing. We're not yeah. being told anything about them. It's
1: more about them. being safe about the information we put out there, making sure we are positive on it. The rumor mill for the coaching search has been pretty wild. I think we've spoken about that in past podcasts. Yeah. Um, so it's more a matter of just making sure, yes, we know that there is, one, mutual interest. Two, there's actual activity between both parties. And three, that this thing might have something going for it. This isn't just a token, how are you doing, interview to be courteous to that individual. Because that happens plenty in coaching searches, and it's more just kind of a tip of the cap. That person's not truly a candidate, not a real candidate. I think Dion's a guy that I would feel comfortable saying that's sort of what has transpired in this process with Dion Sanders
0: uh cbus noel 84 asks regardless of the coach do you expect fsu to increase their support staff to compete with alabama georgia clemsons of the world i I don't know man like to that extent. But, yeah,
1: they're not catching up to Georgia where everybody has a recruiting assistant. They're not catching up to Alabama where they may have literally five to six dozen support staff members. I do expect it to expand. Yeah. I, and it has. It's It's been a slow and gradual process and nowhere near the leaps that those schools have gone to. But I do expect it to continue expanding.
0: I have a, a hoops recruiting question can you yes. keep it to less than 20 seconds yes. can Woo! You keep, like can you keep doesn't matter
1: one? you know it's been the most successful program at FSU in recent years
0: I mean not true but
1: I'm of the big three okay
0: Sorry. Yeah. yeah. yeah yes. Softball and yeah. soccer out All there. I, I love the ladies. Bloom 24. Uh, how are we looking in Jalen Green's recruitment for hoops?
1: I think there's a fair chance that Jalen Green goes professional based on what somebody I spoke to told me. The one thing FSU has going for them with Jalen Green is that him and Scotty Barnes are buddies. He did visit about a year ago, but I'd be shocked if he signs with a college for sure and definitely with FSU. Well,
0: 17 seconds. Nicely done. Nicely done, Chris. And then Bloom 24 also asked uh, the type of impact certain coaches would have on the recruiting trail and what areas you think they help us recruit better in. Uh, What do you think of the recruiting ceiling would be at FSU for Jance Franklin, for Matt Campbell, for Brian Kelly, and for Bob Stoops?
1: Well, I think Campbell has the least immediate impact. I think from a name standpoint, he doesn't have that bounce that you're going to get with a Franklin who's Recruited at a very high level for a long time at law schools, and has been very active in Florida with a guy like John Sider on his staff.
0: James Franklin or Brian Kelly are probably could take guys who are committed to them now with them to Florida State. I don't know if uh, Matt Campbell has recruited above his weight class at Iowa State, uh, but I don't know if he can bring how many guys be bringing that you would feel excited about as a Florida State fan. Does that make sense
1: to me? Campbell would be going from the realm of recruiting at this level and moving up to working towards this level. Yeah. And People that, can't see what level. Right, but you know what I mean. He's recruiting Iowa State. He's trying to recruit, maximizing talent at a school like yeah. Iowa State. A school like FSU. The belief is that they should compete for elite talent.
0: Yeah, you're going up against um, Clemson and, and Georgia. And there would be
1: there would be uh, a graduation period just from a relationship establishment standpoint. You know, oh, yeah. him getting to know high school coaches in Florida. You'd probably need to hire somebody in some form on his staff, whether it's an on field coach or a support staff that has heavy Florida ties, that kind of helps them get in those doors, understand the dynamics of those situations. I mean, you walk into a high school in South Florida, there are people you need to know to have any success in that high school. Florida is a different state because you've got, you know, a lot of different types of dynamics of schools and areas. And it's, you know, South Florida, Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, and then the rest to mm-hmm. some degree it's kind of how it's split up. But South Florida, Dade, Broward, Palm Beach, you need to know somebody who knows somebody to help you in a lot of those situations. Because you're not recruiting solely the kid. You're recruiting usually a high school coach, maybe somebody that they deal on with seven-on-seven, seven, people that can get them around. you got to know the people that are willing to throw the kid in the car and drive them up to Tallahassee for seven hours. There, There's those type of dynamics that come with recruiting in South Florida that you have to be good at. Telly it was on this prior staff because he knew those kind of people. He knew the person in the Rolodex decks that you needed to
0: deal with. David Kelly, as well, uh, on the yeah. prior staff. Uh, and it did work for a little bit, just didn't win enough to get those relationships to actually be something fruitful, unfortunately. Uh, Bob Stoops would be interesting because he's been out of the game for a little bit. But he'd but, be a headline but,
1: grabber, and there would be just that I kind think, of momentum
0: created by all the buzz. Of I think him. he would maybe have the. And I would also assume if Bob Stoops and were. But we're living in a post BS world. I'm BS. Uh,. Yeah, it's unlikely. I would never say never on Bob Stoops. If they pull off the some...
1: Bob Stoops smokescreen, yeah,
0: I, would I never just want say a picture never. of
1: Thrasher and Coburn like smoking cigars and drinking the most expensive scotch they
0: can find. Can I join them? Sure. Hypothetically, uh, if hypothetically, that'd be, that'd if Bob Stoops... That would be a interview. If the 1% Bob Stoops... <laughs> Uh, happened uh, I think that would because he would ha- he would assemble a badass staff with them yeah. more than likely and that would include some really good recruiters I think that would have the biggest splash yeah. one thing about Matt Campbell too as a uh, someone who, who follows UCF football quite closely I know UCF fans uh, a couple of my buddies hated Matt Campbell because when Scott Frost got to UCF and started getting all these speedy kids kind of in you know finding these little hidden gems all over the place Matt Campbell was soon was hired around the same time would come in right after an offer almost like within a day or two. Matt, Matt Campbell, so he does have some ties to Florida where he knows where to look. Matt it, it,
1: Campbell has a clear understanding of the kind of roster he wants to construct. That's one of the biggest reasons I like the guy is that I think he is someone that recruits to try to win football games. He doesn't recruit to try to satisfy the appetite of, oh, I got a great recruit. There's a balancing act to those two things, but he finds guys that fit what he wants
0: to execute. Are we overstating real quick as uh, my own question, are we overstating the value of having a, extensive background in recruiting Florida. Like, like is that a requisite? No, I, I think it's pretty important. Okay. I
1: mean, Florida, Texas, California, Georgia, Ohio are five states where you need to know somebody to know somebody. It, but I guess but I mean, you can hire people that can do that's that. What I don't I think mean. the head coach necessarily has to have that tie. Yeah. But you have to have a connection within your staff that helps the head coach. You're not going to hire someone who's
0: never come in and recruited Florida before, is what I'm saying. But like Willie but Tagger, everybody's recruited Florida. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So as long as you have guys who can help you with those inroads into a, a place like South Florida, it's very incestuous and and Coaches jump around all the time. Players jump around all the time. Seven on seven is a big deal, and and you got to know different people and be able to sift through all the BS. Like that's important.
1: One one of the things that Jimbo was magnificent at at FSU was knowing the dude who would help get that guy in a car to get him to. He was, us. And, he had,
0: and he and he recruited not South, for South Florida, Florida kids. Himself. That's everywhere. Yeah, but, but j- they were great at it. And Jimbo was uh, when he was at LSU. That was one of his backgrounds.
1: And that, that's one of those things you just got to be good at it. Yep. You got to understand how five schools want this kid on campus the same day for camp.
0: Who's the person How I am need I getting to, him to yeah, FSU? Who's the person I need to know? Yeah. All right. Renegade Knowles82 asks, Anthony Grant staying or leaving? Warren Thompson staying or leaving? Joshua Kendo staying or leaving? Any other possibilities? <laughs> uh, we're going to say that we don't know definitively for any of these. Uh, Anthony Grant did put out on social media that uh, he would be playing football again in January. He said he was still with FSU. Does that mean he's playing f- football at Florida State in January? That's not what he said, but you can connect those dots and say at least it looks optimistic for Florida State. Uh, the other two guys, Chris, I'll let you talk about, but but just real quick, uh, it's going to depend on who's hired as a coach. I yeah. think. Uh, at, at any time there is losing consistently, uh, you're going to see guys jump ship. Like that's just kind of what happens. Warren
1: Thompson's not currently really considered a part of this football team. He's certainly not available for this football team. He's that's on the roster. Kendall Bryles last week. Yeah. Um. He's on the with roster, him, it, it's going to come down to him and his mother being satisfied that FSU is still the best opportunity for him. And that's one knows those where you got to do some relationship building. So I think that's very much a to-be-determined type deal.
0: He's already used his red shirt for what it's worth. Yeah. Someone like Anthony Grant has not. So it would be easier for him to transfer, sit out a year without losing a, a year of, of playing eligibility. Well, technically this
1: would be Anthony Grant's red shirt year, right? Because he's special teams last year, but he's played oh. so little this year. This would be his red shirt.
0: Has he played at all this year? I don't think he's played at all. I don't believe so. So then, could he transfer anywhere without any repercussions? I don't know how that works. Should have researched this before. Yeah,
1: and on Kendo, you know, we've heard those rumors. We've heard talk. He was a guy mentioned a year ago as potentially entering the transfer. And Maryland,
0: was considered the buzz. Yeah, so I certainly wouldn't
1: dismiss it. But the thing with Kendo is he's also a student, mm-hmm. as much as he's an athlete. So mm-hmm. I think the academic side matters to him, in the sense of. You know, completing his degree here, which he may be in line to get that done now, which is partly maybe the reason we're hearing his name, similar to kind of Landon Dickerson from an academic standpoint as far as wrapping up school.
0: I was told but, Landon Dickerson leaving wasn't that big of a deal. Oh,
1: stop. Just get over it. No, like, no, I won't. Hold out for draft day and just okay. come back out. Okay. From so
0: clock. on draft day I can do it? Yeah, you okay. can.
1: I'll I'll, I'll take the day off. <laughs> I'll put the stories up, but I won't get to the message board. Okay. Um. But with Kando, I don't want to dismiss it because I definitely think there was smoke there last year, and it makes sense for there to be smoke there this year. They're probably going to be pretty bad up front next year on the D-line if he can find a better situation. It wouldn't shock me if he goes and tries to maximize essentially the one year he has
0: left. All right. MLF1886. It sounds like it could be like a bad acronym. Uh, who are viable options for D.C. next year? We won't know until there's a head coach. Yeah. I, I can't, can't get down that rabbit hole right now. Uh, MLF 80, 1886 also asks, any news regarding Venables interviewing for head coach? Uh, we were told like that was something to research and look for. I've never been able to confirm it. Uh, I have no knowledge of there being an interview for him with the head coaching position. Do you yeah, know? we've
1: reached out to Anna Hickey on this. Um, Venables kind of keeps it very tight as far as his circle. He's not a guy that's talking much. I do believe FSU's definitely kicked the tires there, researched it potentially spoken to people but as far as a true interview i i can't say that i know that that's happened um i know it's been rumored and talked about a great deal but i don't know for a fact like i've not been able to confirm it from either side that fsu yes we definitely interviewed them or that venables has been interviewed according to venables
0: i've had a hard time with this process of vetting what i guess uh, an interview is like i feel like we get into semantics sometimes like is a face-to-face conversation an interview like one could argue that life's just one big job. Well, I,
1: I think there's gauging interests and they're sitting down and having a conversation about both parties and what's expected of one another. And then I think there's the, do you want to come work here? I think there's kind of three levels to it. I think FSU's definitely reached that first level with Venables of okay. gauging interest. Beyond that, I can't we say don't. that.
0: All sure. right. Noel Peeps uh, asks, with Odell interviewing for the head coach job, uh, does that make it more difficult to keep him on step when another coach comes in versus if he had not interviewed for it? That's an interesting dynamic, no? Yeah. Or at least has the potential to be interesting.
1: Odell loves FSU. Mm-hmm. Odell's also very close to 30 years with FSU as a state job which has its benefits within itself. I think Odell is a guy that can check it out the door if he needs to. I, I obviously think he wants a head coaching job this time. It's a very different dynamic than we saw three years ago with him, where mm-hmm. he was filling a hole and knew he was going to hand off a baton. But I think if he was asked by the next coach to be on their staff, he would do it in a second because he loves FSU that much. and. Odell cares about working with the kids more than most he he's a guy that truly does enjoy the relationship with young men and seeing them develop from you know young a, a youthful 18 year old to a 22 year old man he does enjoy that
0: I think it would be an interesting dynamic yeah. uh, because he is someone who would be professional. But but it's it's different. Like two years ago or a year and a half ago, he wasn't really in the hunt for it. He didn't want it. And I just think mentally there's a difference between when you say, I want this, you go out and do it. And then all of a sudden, if you're not the guy, that it, it just changes things. Yeah. And, I mean, and maybe he could be fine with it. I'm not saying uh, – that's just me saying in most aspects of life. If you were to interview for a job – There's a little
1: soul searching that right. goes with the whole it wasn't you, it was this guy, but hey, we still like you.
0: Yeah, it, It makes for an interesting dynamic. I would be confident that Florida State would take care of Odell no matter what happens at this point. So, so yeah, I think he's in great standing. I think he's highly respected. No, he's highly respected, I don't think. I know. Chris, 333333333, out of all the candidates, which head coach would put together the best staff, which would be the best at recruiting at FSU, and which would be a nightmare bad recruiter for FSU? So, for the not being a great recruiter at FSU, Mike Norvell's names come up a bunch. I don't know for a fact, obviously, we thought Willie Taggart would be an all-star recruiter at Florida State and never won enough to make that, that happen. Uh, Norvell concerns me because he has some Florida background, but he's recruited a lot of Arkansas, a lot of Texas, a lot of JUCO at Memphis. He hasn't proven to be even the best recruiter in his own conference, which is a group of five, not being a straight-up Florida guy. I know that's not everything, but I think it would mean something. I think there would be a learning curve for him as a P5 head coach at a major program, and a P5 head coach recruiting in Florida going against Clemson and Georgia. Uh, That would, to me, be the impact of being the most, the potential nightmare scenario seems most likely with with him of the names that we're hearing.
1: I think the best staff and best recruiter would probably be Franklin. Franklin knows how to construct a staff. He knows how to construct a staff that can recruit.
0: And if you brought cider or someone with him, that's that's a biggie. Uh, I know there were some concerns previously when he, uh talked to Florida State in 2017, was it? And they went with Willie Taggart, uh, whether he was an elite recruiter in the state.
1: If he had enough Florida ties to make it work. But a guy like Sider certainly helps calm and those that concerns. Comes back, and that
0: comes back down to earlier. Like, Willie Taggart had a lot of Florida ties, uh, but that's not everything. Yeah, I think if you're at Florida State, if you win enough games and you're at least <coughs> competent in recruiting the area, you at least show some – and James Franklin has shown that in the past. Yeah. I think – if you win, everything else kind of takes care of itself to some extent right. or another.
1: Oh, there's no doubt that if you're an attraction, then it helps.
0: The logo recruits yeah. itself if you're competent at everything else and can at least get into the living room. Franklin groups. can
1: close on kids. Like, that's yeah. the thing. Who's really good at competing with the big boys and winning some of those battles? I think Franklin
0: James guy. Franklin is a really good recruiter. Yeah. Um, I'll leave it at that. But I know when he was an assistant, like, he, he would, even as a head coach, he's a closer. A lot of assistant coaches. Uh, around the country, would kind of fear him. They didn't always like the way he kind of approaches kids, but they know that he would. He can close. He yeah. can tell them what they want to he, hear, and and he'll get you guys to sign up.
1: He doesn't just accumulate shiny toys either. He does a good job of constructing a roster, yeah, which I think I keep saying this, but I think it's a very important part of the next hire for FSU. A guy yes. who one can coach, but two. Also knows what he's trying to. You, build. you mean
0: addressing key needs and, and filling. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, that, Being a,
1: good at self-evaluation that's a, that's and how important. to resolve the issues that present
0: themselves. That's an important thing. Cadams uh, nine six one asks uh, which team wins in these fights? <laughs> Tomahawk Nation slash Knollcast versus Democrat versus Knowles twenty four seven versus Warchant versus War or sorry versus uh, Jeff Cameron Show.
1: All of these against. Yeah, so it's, it's like so it's it, kind of like uh, Anchorman, Anchorman Man.
0: Royal. So, I, I think first... I think I
1: might actually go with Tomahawk, uh, odd enough. Well, they have a bunch of Bud's people. kind of a freaky big dude. He is big. Um, yeah, he's a large man.
0: A uh, Democrat, I know we. Wayne, I mean, is a...
1: And you just kick Wayne or me in the knee and we're done. But we're Wayne, out. I
0: mean Wayne is trained in combat though.
1: I don't see Corey as a fighter. Corey's much more. i played
0: basketball a against Corey before. I'm not worried about that <laughs> one. Ira, Ira will bang in the post though. So uh
1: Tom Lang has really gotten after it working out, so Jeff Cameron Show might be the
0: doctor. And Jeff's scrappy too. Yeah, and Jeff's, and Jeff's, Jeff's, and Jeff's in shape. shape. But we have three of us. It's
1: not us, man. <laughs> I got bad knees, and you're a part of the team. We're just we're not winning.
0: Yeah, I do want to address this. I, I was like a decent level athlete in high school. I do work out. I know I come off as soft, but I have like been in fights before. It would be like won? the
1: Royal Rumble, though, where like I think about six people from different groups all gang up on one person.
0: Did you just dismiss my? Yes, yeah, I completely. Uh, I don't know who would win that. Uh, yeah, probably not us. Probably not War Chant. Does Tomahawk Nation get like all of its contributing writers and stuff too? <laughs> Well then they would probably win it be like a beehive. It'd be like the NWO. Oh, we get Shem and we, like but, but we members. get Shem and Zach
1: though. Oh Shem is Shem sneaky, man. And Shem, they're both from South Florida. <laughs> <man>. are, yeah.
0: <laughs> I feel better about <laughs> this. Zach all will all come off it. the top rope shanking somebody. You know what? Screw it. Noel's twenty four seven. Till we die. Yeah. Tone Capone 4, uh, you get a tell-all interview with one player and coach to ask what happened. I'm Assuming this is not huh. the Willie.
1: Like the Jacob Pugh interview? <laughs> um.
0: and the, so the Jacob Pugh, when he kind of started unloading and FSU cut it short, I made sure when he played in the East-West Shrine game that I drove my ass down there and got Jacob one more time <laughs> on hugged Basically Uh I hugged him. Uh,
1: who would I want to kind of just ha- give us a skinny?
0: I have one in mind. So this is go assuming ahead. that they'd be willing to go on record with it. I think Corey Durden, uh, he was, yeah. re- he was recruited, he's passionate, he's passionate. Uh, he's emotional at times. Uh, he's smart. So he'd be thoughtful. He was recruited by Jimbo staff. He got invested under Willie staff. Uh, so I think he would, if you want to open up about it, I think he'd be really interesting to talk about the two different staffs, kind of how they were different. What went wrong along the way? He's someone who bought in and has helped himself a lot. Uh, but didn't see the on field results you wanted to see. I would go with Corey. Uh,
1: Cam Akers and Levante Taylor for me. I okay. think they're two guys whose career has been greatly impacted by the fact that FSU's not been very good during most of their time. Here. A
0: coach, I would go all the way. Dude, if Odell got to talk, because he's been through it all, if he was like. Yeah. But, but he would have to put down the FSU shield. Yeah. Um,
1: and F- FSU matters to Odell more than anything else. Right.
0: The Apex Null, do you think Mark Stoops is really out? And if so, does it mean it. That's not
1: I, I mean, I just, I don't think you can hire Mark Stoops. I think there's... We reported that. now it's done. Mark Stoops yeah. is done. We, we, you can't we, hire the the sister of the guy you tried to hire, and you can't hire a guy This who... is
0: so weird, this sister <laughs> reference. You're making one, you're changing one to a girl, but not the other. Whatever. She's just weird. go with it. Blue. No.
1: Go ahead.
0: Mark Stoops is done. We're moving on. Uh, we reported that he's not Post a candidate. Post-MS. Oh, Mark BS, man. Oh, geez. Bloom 24, I'm trying to get through this podcast. Bloom 24, your thoughts on Gary Patterson? Any chance we've reached out to him or his representation? Uh, Gary Patterson's a hell of a coach, what he's done at TCU. I don't know if they've reached out. I know he's been mentioned on some publications as a potential candidate. I don't have anything else to add
1: to that. Yeah, I actually had a conversation last night Ooh. in the parking lot after Hoops and Gary Patterson's name came up and
0: with Gary Patterson? No, no, no. He was in Tallahassee? Somebody just saying like, like the Blue who Halo? would be a
1: good hire and mm-hmm. they brought his name up. And one thing I understand about Gary Patterson is that part of his super effective success there is that he gets a lot of guys in Texas that other schools don't want. Kind of like Browse did at Baylor and like Houston has done and SMU, to a lesser degree, has taken the transfer guys back to Dallas and done been successful in recent years. So I don't know if the formula would work for him. He can definitely coach. I think he checks that box. But the recruiting formula for Gary Patterson, I don't know if it translates to FSU. Now, have they shown interest in him? Not to my knowledge.
0: All right, Googleplex. I have thought that was Googleplex for the longest time until I just read it. Jesus. I've looked into my totally reliable crystal ball and it's January. I've seen who FSU has hired. It was not anyone named Stoops. It was not Odell, Campbell, Rule, Kelly, Norvell, Venables, or Franklin. It was not Fickle, Satterfield, or Leach. It wasn't even Bryles. Who did FSU end up hiring? So basically, for the darkest of dark. Walter? <laughs> I mean, who's left? I don't know. Maybe they just go some crazy like— Venables? I guess Venables. He said Venables. He said Venables. Oh, man. Jeez. Venables. So, you, so uh, here's some options. Jeff Scott. Are you, we at Jeff Scott you, at this you point? You could go with the Clemson offensive coordinators, yeah. one or the other. Elliott or Scott. Uh, there could be like a NFL-level type of coordinator who we have not heard about possibly. Uh, Dan Quinn was a name that, uh, that Josh threw out jokingly. at the very, very start of Yeah, the very start of all. Wouldn't that be something? I don't know, man. Can, I'm having a hard enough time tracking down who we think they're actually going to hire get into getting to plan F options or whatever. I am, I am partially shocking. I'm anxious about this. Like, there's some to- stone that we have not turned over that we have not heard that our sources well, haven't revealed. Like, there's think, this dark horse, and we're all going to look
1: stupid. I think they've checked on a ton of people, and I think there's been a lot of seeing if this guy would make sense, and some of that's misdirection, some of that's legit, and yeah. Jack Del Rio.
0: About 350 asks, uh, would love to know from your perspectives uh, how off, how caught off guard you think Taggart was to hear of his firing. <laughs> Did he have any reason to believe he was going to be let go during the season? Uh, I, go ahead, Chris.
1: His post game after Miami, I went back to that and actually watched it. My God, it was awful.
0: Dead man walking. Time uh, it mod. was horrible. Yeah. So
1: I think he understood the dynamics of the situation. I think he was surprised by the timing.
0: I, I agree. I think he knew. I mean, we reported, man – Weeks before that, that there had been conversations with representatives. Especially we, after the weight game. We know that people within his, like, his camp were looking at, okay, his contract or alleged contract and, and what options were out. Like, he knew that there was a possibility. Yeah. I, I do think, yeah, that was, yeah, the weight game, correct. Uh, the Miami game, I'm not sure if he knew it was going to be the next day. Um, but I do think after that loss, there was probably an idea. I don't think he was shocked by it. I
1: either. mean, they were—they still had an official visitor on campus as well as, I think, at least one or two yeah. other recruits well, who actually got you fired. Gonna,
0: you weren't going to send them home, though, but, yeah. But
1: the thing is that if you're firing a guy, he can't get to his Monday or Tuesday whenever he has his press conference. Yeah. He can't get there because he has to coach that next week. Like, it just sort of the way it works out. So it was one of those things where if Miami was the linchpin, it was going to happen either Sunday or Monday.
0: I I know we thought that it was, you know, that Saturday night night we went to bed. Like I stayed up late and started writing his, you know, quote unquote, we call it the obituary, which is basically the firing story. Uh, But I thought we were going to wake up on Sunday. They were going to at least push it off to the end of the year. I, I really didn't think they were going to go through with it. We even recorded the podcast that Sunday. Thinking, remember Josh has this, this is the straw that broke the camel's back, and I was like, yeah, maybe, but like I think we'll look at the end of the year and say this is the one that did him in. I, I thought
1: yeah. I thought they might do it Monday just before the press conference, and then roll Coburn in there or whoever wanted to speak on the dismissal of Willie Taggart and have him talk to uh-huh. us. And now Coburn did speak to us Monday, but the fact they did it Sunday at what like three thirty p.m. if I remember correctly, yeah. uh, was somewhat that that time was surprising to me. But it was also smack dab in the middle of the NFL schedule, so it was actually kind of smart if you want to bury it to a slight degree. Not that you can bury firing a head coach, but it wasn't the only news story in the cycle at that moment.
0: I almost football. started a, I almost started a major uh, pilot car accident, uh, pile multi-car, multi-car pileup on Capitol Circle when I got the news. I was waiting
1: for Reggie Grimes, and he drove by.
0: I uh, thought he was going to eat
1: with Reggie Grimes. He was going home for the rest of his life.
0: God. Uh, Deheasy... Asks, in your opinion, in talking to those in the know, what do respective coaches think the biggest weaknesses and the most important position to replenish, like, right now? Uh, Offensive line, defensive line, QB, running back, um, edge draw, People think FSC's uh, own line is abysmal. Yeah, offensive line. It's
1: it's not a secret among the the people out there. But if you're talking about prospective coaches that are trying to hire, the roster is a concern, but there's other concerns, too
0: null fan in sydney Ooh, it's like australia uh do you see acres terry among the other draft eligible players playing in the bowl game if not does anthony grant travel with the team i am not expect anthony grant yeah. to play football for florida state this season uh cam makers terry i they've both played in every game up to this point to get them bowl eligible even well no cam makers did not play last week right but but he is expected back against florida uh I think both of those guys probably play in a bowl game right now, but I don't know. This is I Terry
1: Terry's dealt with a bit of a knee injury, so I could see him shutting down with that being the focus of why he's shutting down. But I, yeah. I don't know. I think there's a little bit of uh, prides on the line. But then again, if you make a higher... You know, all this stuff can change, but obviously, I think Odell Cush is a ball game regardless. Higher,
0: I get. I wouldn't be surprised if any one of those guys played. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if a few of them shut it down. I wouldn't blame them if they shut it down yeah, too. I, I know some people. I truthfully like thought
1: Acres may shut it down after Miami. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't have blamed him in the least because he'd been a battering ram all year, and he's played his backside off.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, he's earned he's but earned But that's a
1: personal decision they make with their families that they'll share with the coaching staff and have a conversation there, but I've not heard anything about guys expected to shut it down.
0: All right. That's it for our questions. I promised you 30 minutes to 40. We're going on 50. Yeah. That's what we do. What, what are you going to do? I have three Thanksgiving hacks, life hacks for Thanksgiving that I want to share with you and get your thoughts on. You know that, what right? I'm doing for Thanksgiving? No,
1: making Thanksgiving dinner. All
0: right. Oh, cuz you're going to be out in Destin? Yeah, we are just
1: going to I've got a Cracker Barrel pizza or something like that. We're not even doing.
0: Well, this may change things a little bit, but this is a normal Thanksgiving, a traditional, if you will, Thanksgiving hacks that I have. All right. One, I know that stuffing is kind of controversial. It could be polarizing. Uh, So there's two things here or dressing or whatever, however you do it. If you haven't had stuffing this way, my mom makes it with, she puts in sausage, ground sausage. Uh, and she puts in water chestnuts instead of celery to give it like an extra crunch, then you take it and you put some of it in the turkey. the rest of it you put it in muffin pans. you call them stuffing muffins gets them all nice and crispy. That's how you stuffing yes or no i don't i I don't know I, and sausage and bread and I'm a traditional
1: stuffing kind of guy like i I don't need it to be jazzed up.
0: It's not jazzed up it's
1: delicious, okay all right. If you're going to drink... Which, are you, are you pro or anti-cranberry?
0: Uh, I don't love cranberry sauce. I'm fine with it on the side. Mm, Public can't do it. Here's another one. Publix has this... Uh, it's like
1: evil Jello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, my, my wife likes to take it like from the can and just put plop out the <laughs> can. <laughs> no, that doesn't make sense. The weird wobble. Wobble, 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 wobble. Gobble. It's like me walking. More like a Gobble. <laughs> Uh, Publix does have a good cranberry sauce that has like a little bit of citrus infusion in it. Yeah, no, (laughs) no, can't do it. All right. Uh, Thanksgiving and food in general is pretty polarizing. If you're going to drink on Thanksgiving, this is my second point. Stick with meat Just don't mix with soda. Don't put the sugar in there because you got to go all day long, right? From from first football game to the end of it. So uh, you can mix in the halftime naps. I am a big proponent of the halftime nap. If you are going to do that, the boot and rally is a big deal, just from the the turkey. I really don't in, need
1: to see, you know, like Lady Antebellum singing in the half. <laughs> I'm pretty good taking if, a little nap. If though.
0: you're able to get the nap in, I think that changes things a little bit. Uh, I'm not confident because there's going to be three people at my house this year for for Thanksgiving. Only three? Well, I have like 15 in uh, my rental condo. Well, that's that's a you problem. Buddy. It's a three
1: story. I'm just gonna I'm gonna you're gonna call hide a top story to penthouse. <laughs> I love my wife, except for when we move.
0: All right. Well, I would. I'm gonna just stick with neat neat drinks. Um, uh, Thanksgiving hacks I'm not I'm ignoring all of what you just said <laughs> uh, the third and final one alright this is a big Martin Martinelli's apple cider oh, you, you mentioned that I last time you man. do love apple it's my cider alright this is a big one especially clear, if you're cloudy. a man and I'm imagining that most of the people I'm listening man. To are man I'm almost 40 you don't want to get stuck with the whole like ah, oh, you didn't do enough to help cook you know, we're playing very, very traditional general general gender roles right now you don't want to be with, oh, I didn't cook I didn't help clean up here's what you do is you initiate the cleanup process. You bring the stuff over to the sink. You help put the first few dishes in the dishwasher, and then you just sneak on out. They'll think, I should be whispering because my wife's in the other room, they'll think that you helped out a lot, but you really didn't. And then that's when you start getting that midday nap in. Huh? Okay, sure. All right. (laughs) All right, so that's everything from the podcast today. Anything else we want to add? Have we gone like 20 minutes over? Chris, you enjoy having 15 people. I uh, will. That's going to be fun. Safe travels. Uh, To everyone listening, if you're traveling, safe travels. If you're staying home, enjoy yourself. Have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy turkey, whiskey, meat. Anything else?
1: Nope. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: All right. Bye, guys.